Welcome to the Nourish Your Potential podcast. My name is Kushla Holdaway and I'm a registered and accredited sports dietitian based in beautiful New Zealand. I am so glad you have joined me on this podcast where we will discuss science, sports nutrition, running and physiology alongside interviews with athletes, experts and other health professionals. Whether you're listening to this podcast during your commute, your training session or whilst cooking up a storm in the kitchen, you can be reassured information is discussed in a thought-provoking, evidence-based and easy-to-understand manner so that you have more tools in your nutrition toolbox to be your best self. This morning, I am joined by Kim Vargo. Kim is a dear friend of mine and also my partner in crime, Coast to Coast, team, what was it, 2021 last year. And she is also an amazing strength coach working with a range of athletes. So we'll leave that to her to um, talk about a little bit more. But Kim, how are you this morning? Kushla, I'm so good. I'm actually really looking forward to this catch up. And then I was like, oh, we should probably actually talk about the topics as well. well." But I was like, oh, that's so many things to tell Kush. I know. It's been a while, actually. We are very overdue for a catch up. We are. We are. But I was thinking about you today and I was like, I've got to tell her this story because um, my kids have had this little extraordinary experience. It's pretty much your bestie, your your seven-year-old bestie, Michaela. Um, they, I found a frog over the weekend, and then they put it in a box, and they tried to keep it, and they named him Misty Tiggles. So I don't even know where that came from, but this morning we woke up to find that Misty Tiggles is not in his box, which probably means that Misty Tiggles is inside my house, hopping around somewhere, and I am just at the point where I'm doing that very cautious pickup of something that's on the floor looking around corners and I'm like oh my gosh please don't be a frog just please don't be a frog jumping up in my face so yeah, I thought you would enjoy that so that is Michaela's little treat Misty Tiggles the frog Misty has Tiggles. now gone AWOL but yeah is this is this like it like how big are we talking uh, it's not too too big I'd be like maybe the size of like a little lip balm Oh yeah, kind of, yeah. So it's not bit, which is going to be even worse when that something that size like jumps up at your face and you just don't know what it is. I'm just fully anticipating a slight, yeah, shock of the system. But hey, what oh, happens when you yeah. have kids? Oh, keep you on your toes. I love it. It's great. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, oh, Misty Tiggles. I don't even know where that name came from. Hmm. <laughs> Gorgeous. That's so good. That is so good. <laughs> and how about you? How are you? I have heard a rumor that you've entered an event at the end of the year. You know, I did. I was like, well, hmm. I was actually very inspired by one of our team CP athletes, Isabel Stout. And she was, um, there's been a whole bunch of chat about the wild in my household. And I was like, flip, you know, what's really stopping me? And I was quite honest and just thinking that it's probably just my own self pride. Um, and after our trip down to Stewart Island and we had big days on feet and some big vertical meters, and I was like, you know what, I can actually do this. Um, and then I read Isabel's comment that she was like, I'm fully prepared to be less. I'm just so excited to be out there. And I was like, what the hang is my problem? Like, Kim, if Isabel is doing it and more than happy to just aim to complete it, get off your little high horse of not doing well and just sign up. So I have signed up to do the wild. Um, so the 20 miler, which is roughly what, like 32 Ks or maybe more than that, 36, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so lots of vertical meters, like 2000 and something. Uh, it's just gonna be a big day out of my feet. So very excited, um, nervous, lots of eating <laughs> on that day which is exciting. Um, so yeah, just thinking already kind of what my training plan is going to be personally for that, uh, what the strength looks like, what time on feet looks like, what, yeah, what what is my whole program? Probably hit up Kushla for some nutrition ideas, <laughs> you know, you know, see how that goes. But yeah, I'm very, very excited about it. 
a little bit out of my comfort zone, but also just um, just go out to have a good experience. Like I'm not going to win it by any stretch of the imagination. Um, there's a 12-hour cutoff. I should be fine. So just just do it, I think, is kind of where I'm at. I'm so proud of you. That's awesome. <laughs> and it means yeah. we can get out and do some training missions together, which is equally as exciting. Right. I know we have kind of we've missed out on some of that training together. Um, but I did notice that you had some uh, bike shoes on the other day. I know. Do you know? This is breakthrough. I cycled <laughs> both days on the weekend. Can you believe it? <laughs> Who are you? Are you changing disciplines? This is outrageous. No. The only time I'm cycling is because there's usually something else going on, like a niggle. <laughs> <laughs> something hurts, but I need to get a little bit of volume in. Let's go cycling. But yes. I honestly loved it. Like we had the most beautiful autumn days on the weekend Mm. and I got back on the bike. I was like, I think I just got in my head from maybe a few bad experiences, maybe in coast to coast training where like I didn't finish on a good note where I was like, I hate cycling. Nah, not for me. And I got back on on the weekend and I was like, this is awesome. Like I actually really enjoyed it. So it was good. So good. good. Positive experience. So it was my first rides in like six months. (laughs) Um, that, and that's okay. Got to start somewhere, hey? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, good there you. could be a comeback for Coast to Coast for us yet. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon. We got to up our uh, chances of podium. Yeah. You know, I'm setting that standard quite high for us, but I, I think the curly girlies could actually do it I reckon. at some stage. Yeah. Mm. What, we were last yeah. time fifth, so we have to move up a couple of places yet. <laughs> yeah, which would probably incorporate a bit more <laughs> training for myself. Six months is yeah, all right but I'm probably like a little bit more uh time on yeah I don't know time on bike time in boat I think it's just time to be fair mm. that's the yeah. thing with endurance eh? it's just so much time mm. it is yeah and then trying to sort that with family and, and a, a husband that's quite the endurance athlete himself and how to work two different schedules you know yes good times yes. <laughs> <laughs> so with your training for the wild and obviously your strength mm. component of that being an experiment yes. what will that look like for you what will you be working on yeah tr- uh, that's a good question I think um with a bit of my history with pregnancies and kids I had suffered some very bad hip and pelvis um injuries that have kind of just permanently stayed around which is a bit of a pain um and so with that I don't do well with kind of running and I kind of get a lot of kind of almost arthritic friction pain within that pelvis hip region. And so the best way to keep myself strong is to think about the components that is, you know, walking, um, single leg work, core work, that kind of whole pelvic girdle area. That's such a horrible name, (laughs) pelvic girdle, but, um, Having that strong, so it's not just like when you think of core, everybody thinks of like, oh, tight abs, six-pack, blah, blah, blah. Um, But it's the whole picture of what that looks like, the 360 vision of, you know, your back, your front, whatever, with your glutes, your pelvis, all that kind of stuff. So for me, um, it's going to be lots of time on my feet and just walking and kind of just getting that motion going. Uh, Lots of single leg work. Um, Yesterday, I've even started just doing step-ups, lots of step-ups, weighted step-ups, different height step-ups because, um, you know, you're going vertical, you are putting lots of pressure on your glutes and your hamstrings. And and then to be fair, the like a deceleration step down. So I'm on top of a step and then I'm going down and coming back up. So thinking about, okay, well, I get pain in the front of my knees. I think everybody kind of does just on that downhill portion. And so, really want to strengthen my quads. Um, And look, to be honest, you've got pulls, you've got the whole body going on. You've got a whole lot happening when you think of doing an event like that. I think people think running is just a leg sport, you know, oh, I've got to have strong legs, but, um, you know, strong shoulders, strong forearms, like your grip's going to get real tired grabbing some pulls for 30 some odd kilometers. So working on some of the grip strength, I think, um, back strength, just holding myself with carrying some pack. There's a decent list of, um, you know, mandatory gear that you've yes. got to take with you. It's huge yeah. for the wild. I was it looking is- through, I was like, good God, you have to take like a suitcase with you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. 
oh and then you got to take all your snacks and what does that look like and um so yeah it's a lot to actually carry and so I think right now I just want to build a base of just the, the strength with that um and just carrying weight around on my back and just how that actually feels with weight on the pelvis because that can be painful for myself so just working through that and and it is just going to be lots of strength squats splits squats lunges single leg work glute work yeah mm-hmm. the whole well and the whole body to be fair as we said before it is a whole body workout you would you'd know that mm-hmm. kepler all that stuff you're just by the end of it everything's just done oh yeah so, and sore in yeah. places you wouldn't expect i remember specifically after coast to coast mainly because they, the gear for coast to coast is a lot more than say kepler um yeah well a little bit more but I did find mm. like because I didn't carry all of my gear all the time like you'd generally just carry mm. some of the basics just carrying that weight over that distance he was sore in places you would never expect like in your shoulders mm. and back and it's mm. just like mm. actually you are using your whole body particularly like goats pass you know god you're just crawling and lifting yourself over rocks and boulders and it's like a full <laughs> body workout it's brutal. yeah yeah yeah. Mm. yeah yeah and that's even though I don't I haven't done the course yet, but I don't see massive amounts of boulders per se for the wild, but there is that upper body component, as you say, like as you get tired and your shoulders get fatigued with the time on your feet, like you're going to start shrugging forwards. You're going to lose that core strength. You're going to lose potentially. It, it all just ends up being a decrease in your volume that you can take in in your oxygen as well. Cause you're just hunching over. So the stronger you are, the more your shoulders um, strong your back strong everything creates more of an upright position which allows you to bring in that oxygen mm. for the, a better performance so so true yeah 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 and to rewind a little bit Kim like where did this all start for you what what did you study you know where did this kick off all your strength training yeah I was actually thinking about that I think it was about 1996 which I was like oh my, oh my gosh <laughs> probably some of these listeners were like in nappies um yeah <laughs> I don't even want to know how old you were in 1996 but three uh, I was oh gosh that's amazing so <laughs> I'm not feeling old at all um so it was my second to last year of high school and um I did a class called athletic training so athletic training in the states is very similar to something as like the sports physio so it's the person on the sideline or involved in the game where your athlete gets injured and they run on, they do all the assessment, the, um, the special tests of a ligament. They do all your uh, rehab, your prehab, your strength and conditioning, all that kind of stuff. So there was a kind of an extra class you could sign up for, just kind of like your extra credits that you have to get for high school. And I was like, this looks amazing. I'll do that. And I loved it. And from that go, yeah I never looked back like we used to do all those like anatomy coloring book pages and I was like this is just this is me like this is what I want to do with my life and I remember telling my parents when I got to uni and I found that there was an actual degree in athletic training I was like that's it that's me I'm done like this is exactly what I want to do which is crazy because I think a lot of people entering uni that first year or two they're like I have no idea what I want to do I'm just going to get my foundations out of the way but I was like that sports medicine that's what I want to do it's exactly that's me and I think my dad even tried to be like ah, you know maybe you should consider like communications and I was like dad please and I tell you what I'm so pleased I did because it's the one I have used it my entire life so yeah 1996 I started kind of my career um, played heaps of cons- uh, you know competitive sports in high school when you get injured you go into the training room you see the the physio, they do all that kind of stuff. And then you watch people get better and they can, you know, play again. And I was like, that that's what I want to do. I just want to get people healthy again, post-injury. And lots of girls on my team for basketball had torn their ACLs. And so you're watching them go through their rehab, which is, by the way, a very common thing for younger girls. Um, and so, but with that in high school as well, we were doing lots of weightlifting and, you know, kind of off-season strength. And that was just fundamental I think in just performance and I I wish that New Zealand kind of got on board a little bit more the younger age for these kids to be getting stronger and and to think about 
that weightlifting, you know, a lot of people were quite nervous back in the day about kids lifting weights and what that was going to do to their growth plates. And the research is out that that is, it's not really an issue. You know, if you get someone who knows what they're doing and they're programming efficiently and teaching you how to move well as a child, mm. when I say child, it's not like five, but you know, there's some people that do stuff, but um, it will just increase your performance across the board. So yeah, I went into uni, graduated with a four-year Bachelor of Science in Sports Medicine slash athletic training. And that was, um, yeah, amazing. So prehab, rehab, strength and conditioning, collision sports, sports nutrition and pharmacology, like anything that was related to sports and athlete, their health and well-being, um, sports psychology, even all those papers. Um, and then on top of that, I had to do 1,500 practical hours. That's of, a lot. <laughs> There's a lot, yeah, um, of hands-on work with athletes across every sport that you could imagine. Um, and when I graduated, I was the head um, student athletic trainer. So we had the the head coach, and then I was, um, yeah, in charge of the training room and in charge of different teams. So I would go travel around with, like, the women's soccer team or um, go to cover all the baseball games. And it was fantastic. Like, I, I loved it just different ways of understanding sport and how different athletes work. Um, and also just the drive. I, I love athletes drive to get back on the field. You know, and that's probably a hard thing as a coach or um, a physio, because you're dealing with an, an athlete and a coach who want them back on the field and they want to be playing, but you also know that they may not be quite ready yet. And so you've got to juggle that balance between Yes, they're 100% ready to go. Or if they go back too soon, are they going to re-injure themselves? So, you know, there's lots of other issues that you deal with in that sports medicine field outside of just, you know, oh, someone's sprained their ankle. Let's tape it up and out you go. You know, like there's a there's a there's a person that you're dealing with. They want to play. This is their sport. This is what they love. So you have to do a journey with them, mm. really. So, yeah. So I started in 1996. Um, and I've just been going ever since. And then moved to New Zealand, um, got involved in some Curves women's gyms back in the day. And that was that was really awesome, just seeing a lot of women who were terrified of the idea of going into a gym. And this is like the general population of 35 to 70, you know. And it was a great way to get people moving. And then, um, yeah, lost a couple of my gyms to the earthquakes. <laughs> that was not ideal. Um, and then had some kids and just decided that I needed to get back into some stuff for myself. And, and that was with those injuries. And I was just like, I can't do this. I either I start getting strong again, or I will be in constant pain the rest of my life. So I made a conscious decision. I went to a, a gym in Rollison. It was called Frank's Brothers. So at a time, and that is the Frank's Brothers that are the rugby legends. And I walked in and I said, I want to coach here. <laughs> <laughs> I want to help you with your um, mom's classes. So I started mom's and bub's classes for mums in the area and um, just kind of went through that and kind of just learned the, the CrossFit methodology from them and then kind of tweaked that for whatever my athletes' needs were. And yeah, I've just gone on and opened my own CrossFit gym and then COVID kind of changed a little bit of that and that's cool. And now... Um, just working with Richard and people in the community. And yeah, that that's my story. That was a long-winded answer. <laughs> Love your story. And actually, I didn't know all of that in detail either. So um, oh, yeah. it's really, really cool. And yeah, like, would you say now with the, the people you work with, you work with like the Kirby rugby team or is it the Darfield yep. team? No, I do the, I do the Kirby rugby boys, yep. Yep. Um, the Div 2 team. Um, they are fantastic, and they actually won their first opening game. Uh, I, I work with um, younger kids, 13, 14-year-olds. I work with the average Joe Blow who just wants to feel fitter. I work with mums. I, I work with everyone because I think that everybody has a need to feel fitter, and sometimes you can just call it vanity. That's super cool. Or sometimes people just want to see an increase in their performance. So whatever that is. I'm going to help them to the best of my ability to get there. Mm, awesome. Yeah. And with your own journey with like pregnancies and obviously that causing, um, yep. you know, 
pelvic injuries and everything like that where would you say like from your worst being in a lot of pain to now like how would you say you are compared to you know at your very Mm. worst yeah that's a good I actually just went for a really quick walk before this podcast is to wake myself up hello and you know I was um I was you know I didn't run I have run before and there's times where I can actually do a 10k run and I'm pain-free during that run but then the next day I look like a 90-year-old woman trying to walk and that's okay but um when I first started the pain factor was probably nine out of ten I couldn't roll over out of bed I couldn't step out of a car I couldn't do anything that was going to put pressure on opening that pelvis up um standing and putting a pair of pants on one leg at a time I just I'd be in tears and it was excruciating but also I think just the frustration of having been an athlete and and knowing what I was capable of doing and then seeing what I was absolutely reduced to for you know the sake of of having kids and I would never change any of that love them to death but um that was that was really hard to deal with just wow I'm basically incapacitated and this is not fair so yeah I would have been on a pain scale of nine out of ten um and so that was probably what 2011 has been 2010 2011 is when that started and so that's jeepers 10 11 year journey um and i would say now just different like what go for the walk i was pain free fantastic um if i go downhill or do some decelerating work or whatever sometimes like a big trip down the Stewart Island I was sore at different times mm-hmm. um but it was manageable um so I think the source would have been like five out of ten and and actually Jake can tell because I start I changed my gait I changed the way I do things which isn't always the best thing but you just kind of try to compensate because you don't want to slow <laughs> you don't want to slow people down and you don't want to slow yourself down um so yeah, I would say generally now, if I keep within my range of motion ability that I know, I am good. Like I can do lunges. I can do heavier lunges, whereas before I, I couldn't. I couldn't even take a step. I couldn't take a full meter step, if that makes sense, because it was so painful. So the fact that I am doing strength work now and I'm lifting as heavy as I'm lifting now, um, yeah, that's a, that's a huge, huge win in my book. <laughs> What a incredible journey. Like to think you've come from hardly being able to put on your you know, your pants without pain to mm. now like mm. doing what you're doing. And I, I guess with events like Coast to Coast where you're mainly, you know, you were kayaking and cycling, would you say those kinds of activities are easier than where yes. you're sort of getting out and running on the trails and you've sort of got I guess a what would you say a wider range of motion or like different surfaces and yeah oh yeah totally like um coast training was a piece of cake because I was within yeah my my range of motion limits I wasn't having to as you say like the terrain like if you have to go on kind of uneven terrain that just puts your pelvis in so many different compromising positions which the average person won't even notice um which is which is totally fine so coast training was spectacular because I could get out I could do something learned a whole new skill of kayaking and it was pain-free like mentally tough loved you know that was a big challenge to learn that and loved doing that process but the physical side of that was fabulous I could get out and I could do something and I could compete with people um and be pain-free in that journey so that yeah that was that was epic it was epic yeah you're epic (laughs) and like to now take on your next challenges the wild I'm so excited Mm. for you that's great oh thank you thank you thank you to come back now to the strength before that so correct me if I'm wrong my understanding of you know strength for runners is we basically jump from one foot to the other so a lot of the strength Mm. work should be focused on single leg movements with some other like you Mm. know I guess like squats and everything like that deadlifts yep what would you say are like some of the key strength moves all runners should be including in their strength schedule that is I was thinking about that when I was walking I was like man there's like a a million that I can think about but I think probably actually 
some of the upper body moves that get neglected, I would really focus on a strong strict press for the shoulders. A lot of my runners, when they come to me, they're like, man, my shoulders hurt when I'm running. And I just feel myself slouching. So I was like, cool, we're going to work on uh, a heavy strict press and a back row. So that back row is pulling those shoulders back. It is keeping your chest up. So as we said before, so that you can leave with your chest and breathe. Um, and I think so with some of those heavy back rows, you get a little extra posterior chain work in as well because you're kind of um, isolating those those hamstrings. But I think the um, the upper body side of that, a lot of runners neglect. And, you, um, and I don't think it's necessarily by choice. I think they think, well, I want to be stronger at running. I'm just going to do my legs. Mm. And understandably so. <laughs> um, and I also think... One of the unsung heroes for runners is the soleus. And a lot of people don't train soleus. They train a lot of calf and stuff. Um, but thinking about the lower leg too, because people think, oh, glutes and, and hips. Well, get a lot of kind of lower leg um, shin injuries or just overwork, uh, overstress injuries. And so the musculature of that lower leg is huge as well. So there's lots of little things that you can do, you know, calf raises, you can do um, weighted um, step ups, all those kind of things that engage the lower and actually just even foot exercises as well, like scrunching towels with weights. So just getting that lower part, um, lower body connecting with themselves. But yeah, I think, as you said, you nailed it. Like single leg work is, is a no brainer. Lots of single leg deadlifts, lunges, all that kind of stuff. But the upper body, one of the most neglected, um, I think that runners just, oh, you know, can't be bothered because I need to go for a run. Mm. So, um, yeah. And, and the reason I say strict is because it's easier to lift heavy weights incorporating leg work, right? So if you did a push press, so just a little bit of a dip and a drive with your legs and push that dumbbell overhead, you can lift 30% more in a push press than you can in a strict press. So if you want to see those numbers go up, which weightlifters will, sometimes, you know, runners may not be that excited about it, but um, you got to get that strict strength across the board in whatever move you're doing, but strict strength first, and then you will be able to build on that. So yeah, I'd say shoulders and back for runners is shoulders, back, and soleus. There's some unsung heroes for the runners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting to hear your thoughts on that, actually. And yeah, I, I do like the odd move where you can kind of get, you know, it's a full body move. So maybe it's like, mm. you know, dump, a heavy dumbbell or, um, yeah, and doing a bit of a squat and press. So you feel like you're mm. working right up and through. They can be quite efficient. There's, oh, very. There's the good old dumbbell thruster squat yeah. and then throw that thing over your head. And to be fair, you get a little extra cardio training in there as well. It's a bit puffy, that move. Mm, it's hard. But mm. I, <laughs> it is hard. But, um, and the reason I say the upper body work is I've just seen it showing up as some big improvements in some of my runners. So, like, my shoulders don't hurt anymore. I'm, I can hold myself up. I feel stronger. I feel faster. And I can go for a longer period of time. Mm. Um, and so, hey, that may not be the case for everybody, but so far – what I have been seeing is that's what people have been coming back and reporting. So, mm. yeah. Mm. And how often should athletes, like, well, specifically, let's say endurance athletes, how long should we be doing, or how often should we do strength each week to really get the benefits of it? Yeah, um, I think blanketly minimum two to three times, you know, a week. But I think it really depends on where you are within your periodization or where you are within your training schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you were in the off season or kind of just the building season, um, there's nothing wrong with going and doing a couple of more strength sets um, just to build into whatever the volume that your coach is going to be programming. I think um, sometimes people don't always see the benefit of strength work is, you know, they're just like, oh, I've just got to go and do it. Well, it should be a session. It should be a type one important session Mm -hmm. for you. Um, And so, yeah, I would say definitely minimum two, Mm -hmm. three is ideal. And if you can get more cool, it doesn't have to be an all out blowout session every single time. You know, like I think that there's lots of good things that can be done in 15, 20 minutes. Um, And I think a lot of people like, oh my God, an hour in in the gym. Man, if you're in the hour, an hour in the gym, we need to adjust some things. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah. I think um, 
Well, too, because I have a home gym, so you're not standing around waiting for weights and adjusting them all the time, like that kind of totally. thing you need. Like, you know, I can do a very effective and efficient strength session in 30 to 40 minutes. Um, and that's a pretty hard workout. And, like, I think people who are in the gym for an hour and a half, you know, half the time they're just on their phone. <laughs> <laughs> just getting that angle right for the gram yeah, baby or like you know just, gram. you know be efficient get it done in and out I yeah. say yeah um oh totally but no strength yeah I I definitely try and prioritize it in my week like it's I don't think mm. I even miss a strength session and I think it's just because I'm so paranoid about being injured <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and to be fair I think that's also where a lot of my athletes have come back and when they've been giving it a good go they're like you know what interestingly I'm not getting little niggles or I don't have these injuries and that to me is that speaks volumes about the benefit of strength that's not necessarily the aesthetic side of it all the time it's the the bigger picture of of what strength does for your body pain is weakness right so if there's something that's hurting let's dial that back let's uncover what's going on is there some type of physiological issue is there some type of imbalance that can be fixed then let's do that you know and that could be part of your strength session is fixing some of those issues to make you stronger for your actual event that you're going to be doing Mm. do you know i've i've self-diagnosed a couple of my niggles recently it's called (laughs) runner's stupidity syndrome (laughs) (laughs) And, and what have you found with that yes how's that going um yeah i just think you know, respect your rest days. Don't get too carried away. As much as you love running, you just need to sometimes dial it back a little bit and don't get too carried away. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah, man, yeah. I, I feel like that is, there's so much value in the dial it back. And I think there is this fear that we all have that, oh my gosh, if I dial it back, I'm going to lose all the gains that I just worked my bum off to get. Mm. You know, and I think that actually... No, let's dial it back, see what's going on, and then ramp it back up again. But there is some beauty in the old dial it back. I actually did that last week, and I was like, look, I do it myself. I've just lightened the weights. I'm not going to be able to lift Mm. heavier next week. Well, you know, no, that's not true. Mm. I actually know that I can. But, hey, if my body's tired, let's look after your body. It's Mm. the bigger picture, I think, is where I'm going with that one. And I think sometimes, too, like if I was – T- looking at what someone else's training was and what they were doing, you know, I'd be like, oh, you know, pull back, have a rest day. But when it's yourself, sometimes <laughs> you're like, no, 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 it's right, all good, like feeling amazing, and then, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, totally. Uh, I yeah, totally. That that's myself a million times. I'm like, oh, I'll just do this extra little thing here. Do I need to? No. But you know, hey, I'm feeling I'm feeling good now, so I'm gonna you know, like dial it in and rah, go for it. It doesn't always work. It's not actually all that beneficial over time sometimes. And that's what's hard, eh, when you're feeling really amazing to still know when to, you know, cap it. I think that's um, probably my weakness, actually. <laughs> <laughs> the capping ability of it all. Yeah. Yes. Um, cool, awesome. cool. And, and with the strength stuff as well for runners, would you say core is mm. actually really important too, like the obliques and – General oh, I think core is massive. And as mm. I said before, I think that people think if you have a six pack, you've got a strong core, right? Uh. And I was, <laughs> I was called them like aesthetically pleasing, but probably not all that functionally strong. Um, and a core is massive. And I think still people think core is abs. But as I say, it's that 360 picture of supporting your whole body. And it's the back, it's the pelvis, it's the glutes, it's the entire kind of trunk and that is a massive thing you can watch runners and if their hips are dipping when they're running they've got some core strength going on they've got some hip issues going on um core is massive to train and again just quietly you can get some great core training with some heavy shoulder presses (laughs) you know a lot of people are like hey kim i need some more core work i'm like cool go lift something heavy particularly this 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 or you know like a heavy squat I guarantee if you get your core engaged properly on a heavy squat, that's a game changer. So I think people are like, I'm just going to do sit-ups all day, every day. For what? Mm -hmm. You know, like uh, it's about training that functionality. You are a runner. You've got to keep yourself 
upright. You've got to keep yourself going forward. You've got to keep your hips engaged. You've got to keep your glutes engaged. So yeah, the core and it, yeah, core is not just sit-ups. It is bracing for movements that you're already doing. If you're doing a heavy deadlift, your core has got to be there mm. to keep you, you know, keep you engaged. And so I think that a lot of people think core is a six pack mm. and it's not. It it's is just that the body fat percentage. <laughs> Yeah, that's because you've been meeting with Kushla and eating really, really well, <laughs> but your, your six pack is showing up. But um, yeah, I think a lot of people put so much value on on the aesthetic side of it, mm. but the functionality isn't always there. So anything that you're doing, be it running, you know, that head up, that chest up, those ribs down, that core engaged, that tightness, that engagement of... Um, your obliques and kind of your transverse abdominis down even into there is massively important and um it is about dialing it back to your obliques will take over way more than say some of your smaller lower abs and so it's learning how to engage the tiny things as well not just the big muscles and that's where that's where i say you know dial it back get a bigger picture where is there some injuries or some imbalances find those imbalances fix them and then you'll go forward mm. Actually, you just made me think of something with the smaller muscle groups. What are your thoughts yeah. on like um, Pilates and reformer Pilates? Oh, that's a good question. No, I think it's really good. Yeah, I don't know. If you, have you ever done them? Yes, I did a couple of terms <laughs> last year and it was really awesome. Mm. Yeah, I think a lot of times we're really guilty with training the, the big ones, the big moves, you know, like, and those big moves are foundational. 100% you need to be able to do them but look when I had my kids I lost all core engagement I didn't even know where my transverse abdominus was I'm like I'm sorry what I could get my obliques to fire but I couldn't get the small tinier muscles to engage and when you do that they all work synergistically with the bigger so all of those kind of pilates and all that kind of stuff are fantastic I think it just gets you back to the foundation of the smaller muscles that will the stabilizers just get those to fire and you eliminate a lot of injuries mm. to be fair mm. in my opinion mm. yeah yeah no nice cool um also sorry if there's a few random background noises in this podcast i normally kick the dog out but he is on the floor <laughs> and he's occasionally like doing a bit of a snoring snort and things and i'm like gosh i hope this isn't picking up on <laughs> it's not me making those noises it's the dog well, well, whatever yeah 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 i haven't heard any yet but how <laughs> we'll can you even like He's so cute. It doesn't matter what he does. Oh, Burns. He's pretty cute. Yes. He's pretty chill. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, anywho, um, so with uh, looking at the holistic um, involvement for an athlete, so thinking about, you know, their strength training, their training volume, um, mm. nutrition, recovery, like yes. all those things. So an athlete's nailing them and mm. being really consistent um, are some athletes still more susceptible to injury regardless? Yeah, I was actually thinking about that as well. And I think a lot of people forget that we are all built differently. Like our anatomy and physiology um, is going to be so individualistic. You know, like there's going to be people that are hypermobile. There's going to be people that their hip sockets are more shallow than somebody else. And so they have, you know, a bigger potential of maybe some labral tears or some hip dislocations and they can do everything correctly, but their anatomy just fails them. And I think um, probably one of the other things I was going to throw in was that recovery thing, um, nutrition, all that is also having like a really good coach who knows what you are, your goals are as an athlete, what your potential for injury is, um, and, and surround you with a good team, you know, so your team is so, so important. And I think that a lot of people, they, you know, they'll find some moves that they want to do because they sold on Instagram and that's really cool. Or they found, they found a diet that little Susie lost 10 kilos over here in two days and that's a problem. Mm. But, um, you know, so they go and try these things cause they don't have any good direction. And I think that, uh, you know, good direction, a good coach, nutrition, all of that stuff is pivotal, but you know, you still have your own individual body in the way that you're made up. And I think that sometimes that will just let people down. Mm. And yeah, you can do everything you 
you want to do and you could still roll your ankle 84 different times because you may have more um, ligament laxity just for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, frustrating because you're like, I do all the right things. But, you know, if you're hypermobile or your joints are just a little bit looser, you may have a bigger proclivity to rolling them. So you just got to keep yourself strong to the best of your ability. Yeah. 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 Um, With mobility and actually thinking more flexibility as well, like I've heard very mixed things on stretching and I used to like stretch most evenings thinking I was doing myself, you know, all this, Mm. you know, helping my running and um, everything else. But then I've heard, you know, it's maybe better to be a little bit more um, tight as a runner. Yeah. but, you know, if we're regularly stretching, is it actually helping us? Like, what is stretching doing? Can we improve our flexibility? Oh, my gosh, you've just opened a can, haven't you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, um, I was actually just reading something earlier um, about that. I feel like that's always kind of our job, you and I, is to kind of find out what's out there, what's the trendy stuff, what's the actual science behind that, and, and who to actually trust and listen to. And I was listening to a guy talk about that. And a lot of people are always talking about, you know, you got to do your, your stretching and your warm up before you go for your run. And, you know, you got to do like 64 toe touches and your hamstrings will be warmed up. And, you know, where a lot of people like, well, if you start out nice and slowly and you just get moving into the actual, um, the planes of where you're moving, uh, then you should start to get your body warmed up and you're good to go. I think a lot of um, mobility, stretching, flexibility, I, I, <laughs> I like it. I can see a benefit for it personally. Um, I think some people are like, man, I've stretched for the last 64 years and I haven't noticed the difference at all. Um, But yeah, I think that you can kind of, uh, muscle bellies, tendons, ligaments, all that kind of stuff. You can work into that kind of stuff. You can get a deeper squat, but then you also have been given, as I said before, your anatomy. If you've got longer femurs, you may not be able to to get as low as somebody who has shorter, and it doesn't matter how much stretching you're going to do. Like you've just got longer bones. And so I think that stretching, mobility, flexibility, all this stuff is important, but I think it's just got to be, um, yeah, it's a tough one. I, I like it. I think it's important. I don't think it's going to be the end all be all to everybody all the time. Um, I think a lot of people are like, oh, I did 64 minutes of stretching every night. Um, but yes, can you get more range of motion? Absolutely. Can you find some fascial release with doing your foam rolling, all that kind of stuff? Yes, there are big things that will help that. But I think a lot of people um, just, it's an individual thing. Like some people don't stretch at all and they're fine. Mm. Um, I'm a bit more hypermobile. So I don't need to stretch as much before I go for a run because I just have that laxity. Um, other people who are a bit tight and ping, like Jake's a nightmare. He could barely touch his toes, but he's been doing the yoga. He's been doing the stretching. And yes, he can now. So it's something that you need to make sure that you're still doing. But the active movement, what you're trying to achieve, is probably just as important. If he starts off with a light deadlift, he'll be able to work into that range of motion mm. as well. So movement-specific flexibility is important to me personally cool cool yeah nice oh thanks kim um i think there's some of the strength specific stuff covered is there (laughs) anything more you want to add before i ask you more about some of the work you do with people um oh i think i just want to emphasize just strength doesn't have to be scary i think you just need to get good at some of the foundational moves and go with that. There are so many things. Like, I open Instagram every day or whatever, and I'm just blown away by what I say. And I'm like, I can't even do that. Like, what is that move? You know, and I think that get a coach who understands some good foundational things and start at the basics and and build on good basic movements. That will take you a long ways. And I think, too, people, when they think of strength, they think of, you know, these gym hulks with all this, all this <laughs> testosterone in these gyms. And, like, that's going to be intimidating for anyone, especially if you're new to it. Like, who wants to go into that kind of environment when they don't know what to do? Um, and it's, mm. I don't think it's like that at all. Like, you just need some maybe good weights to start off with at home, just some basics, whether it's a few dumbbells, maybe a step, totally. um, yep. a bar, 
and yeah. yeah maybe getting in touch with someone like you where it's one-on-one and they can help you and it's just like completely non-judgmental helpful you know not intimidating mm. environment to get you started and you know that's the best foot forward totally no I absolutely agree and I think like it's you know that these hawks in the gym they're in there for an hour and a half they've probably only lifted like 20 minutes because the rest of the hour is getting the right angle for their Instagram <laughs> picture <laughs> no but I think the reality of most of those people in there that are doing some of that stuff they have different goals you know they're probably bodybuilding or, or whatever their goals would be um you just have to go in have a bit of confidence that you've got your goals set for what you're trying to achieve and who cares if buddy over there is grabbing like 20 kilo dumbbells and you're grabbing like a six that's cool he's got his plan you've got your plan and and it's your own journey mm. and that's kind of just back yourself on that stuff I think yeah for sure yeah cool cool okay um so with some of the endurance athletes you work with what are some of Mm -hmm. the most common pitfalls you see in terms of maybe training or specifically their strength or lack of doing strength (laughs) training (laughs) yeah yeah I think you just hit the nail on it lack of doing that um like you know catch up they're real excited to do it you give them a program they do it for a little bit um and like for newbies yeah sometimes you're going to get sore you know there is going to be some doms and I think that is just the reality but it's also my job to make sure that the doms aren't too big you know like you get doms if you like ride a bike I haven't ridden a bike in ages and then I go ride a bike and like ow oh yeah that's really sore yeah yeah Yeah, you know hello hello (laughs) But um, I think just don't be afraid. I think endurance athletes are afraid of lifting weights. I'm going to get big and bulky and it's going to ruin my racing career. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Probably a, my response to that would be they're not eating enough to actually put on that massive amount of bulk. And B, endurance work is catabolic. They're breaking down those muscle tissue fibers all the time. And, and strength training is anabolic, so they're building up those fibers. And so it actually works quite well. Um, and so I think that that fear is probably one of the biggest things. I don't want to get bulky because mm. it's going to ruin my performance. And I'm like, okay, just give it a try. I, you know, I love to challenge people. Just give it a go. Give it for six weeks and we'll see how you go. Mm. Um, and if they are religious about it, minimum two to three times a week, they can already start to feel the difference. And then they come back to me and they're like, oh, actually I'm feeling stronger and I'm feeling better. But um, eliminating those fears, biggest pitfall is probably the mindset that I'm going to get too big for performance. Mm, mm. And uh, yeah, like building muscle is from a metabolic perspective, it is very energy expensive. Like it takes a lot of food and protein to build muscle, um, which is a completely different focus. You know, that would be for someone maybe, um crossfit or or weightlifting or bodybuilding like that would of course be mm. a key focus but what that looks like nutritionally for endurance athletes again is different um and it's more like i see it all the time endurance athletes under eat uh especially mm. protein um so yeah I, I i love that message it does not make you bulky it makes you strong and it makes mm. you less likely to get injured and it makes you faster totally. and more powerful um so yeah yeah, no, love that message. Um, cool. And yeah, like with your clients and things, because obviously you work alongside Rich and Team CP, um, mm-hmm. but like who else would you work with and maybe how can people get in touch if they want to have a session with you? Yeah, sure. Um, gosh, I because I used to own my own gym, I've got a lot of clients from back in the day that get in touch with me and they're like, Kimbo, I'm going to come lift some stuff. <laughs> I'm like, go come over or... Um, a lot of word of mouth, I think, from my previous clients at the gym. Got some relationships with um, some of the physios in town. Um, Caden sends a lot of people to me. I send people to Caden. I think it's about a good network of people that you have around you. Um, I do, like I said, I do some stuff with the, the rugby players. Um, so I do the kids' work. Some of my athletes, they want their kids to start. So, I mean, yeah, probably word of mouth is my biggest, but... Um, I love actually working with with the kids as well because I think it's such a good discipline for them to start learning how to move well as they, you know, as they're young and as they get older, it's going to pay off dividends for them. 
And yeah. some of this stuff is so important for kids and teenagers to know about from both a strength and training perspective, but nutrition too. Like the amount wow, of times I hear even elite runners now who might be in their 30s say, you know, they experienced reds, relative energy deficiency in sport mm. in their teens yeah. or younger years and they had no idea about it or, you know, never heard of it. And mm. like if we had better education, which, you know, we are trying to do, of course, yeah. in those yeah. um key times for athletes and we can make such a difference i'm particularly thinking about you know other groups i work with like you know young female rowers um Mm. young male Mm. runners and you know there's just there's so much we could do but i think there's still a huge gap oh massive and i was we used to call it the female athlete triad which is Mm. the same thing as red s and i think that for young girls, particularly, if we get them strong at a young age, the body image stuff, hope, you know, I'd love to see that being thrown out the window because it is strong, not skinny. You know, we are we are fueling ourselves. And I think one of the biggest things that we can get across the board for women and um, young girls is that if you're training for something specific, you are an athlete. Fuel yourself. Treat yourself that way. Give yourself recovery. Get yourself a coach. You know, get yourself a good team and treat yourself like that. If you if you see yourself as a valuable person and a and, a, and an athlete, someone who's got some goals, I I'd hope that it would change some of those perspectives. Mm-hmm. Anyone training with a purpose and yeah. who's determined to you know beat their own goals or whatever, like I call them, you know, solid athlete for sure. Yeah, same, hundred percent, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, awesome. Okay, Kim. Well, do you know it's only been an hour. okay i have loved it with all my podcasts i'm such a nervous wreck doing them (laughs) and with you it's felt like you know just a general catch up which has been really nice um oh it has been good thank you nah it's um podcast has been great it's pushed me out of my comfort zone a lot and hey i get to like have catch-ups with people who i think are awesome in their field who i really look up to and it's um Mm. yeah great chance to catch up with people like you as well Oh, and look, it's an honor to be even asked. And it's it's a it's such an awesome potential for collaboration, like the strength and the nutrition. I mean, they go hand in hand and I think people think it's almost one or the other, but flip. I love the fact that you like these people need to be eating. <laughs> eat people. If you wanna be strong, you gotta eat. Mm, mm, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Mm. What are, what are you up to for the rest of your Monday? Uh, I've got some programs to write. Yeah, I've got some admin to do. I've got, oh, do you know, a bit of free time because the kids aren't home, which is a little bit nice. So I'm going to do a training session. Good. Um, and yeah, I don't know, just housework, mm, all nice. that stuff as well. Yeah. 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 Cool. <laughs> mm. And hey, we should um, arrange a catch up sometime soon or a training mission or, yeah, feels like oh, we didn't totally. really have so much of that this summer. So have some making up to do. Yeah, we do. And maybe you can come over and help me find Mr. Misty Tiggles as well while you're at it. Yes. And see <laughs> young <laughs> Mickey. Yeah. Yeah. No, she would love it. You you are still on her wall that is with so your wedding cute. picture. <laughs> <laughs> I love so it. gorgeous. So, yeah. Yes. Oh, cool. Well, thank you so much, Kim, for your time today. Um, Really looking forward to sharing this podcast. And yeah, look forward to catching up soon. Sounds good. See ya.